Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Ajlene. And I'm Gracie. And I am fucking raring to go on the movie. Okay, so full disclaimer. The reason we are not doing Avengers Endgame, even though it is the highest grossing movie of all time now, is because when we were planning it out, it wasn't. That's why we're doing Avatar, which I think adjusted for inflation still makes more money. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But we're just, we're doing Avatar We're doing today. fucking Avatar. <laughs> the, not, not the uh, wonderful M. Night Shyamalan adaption <laughs> of the TV show. No. no. No, not that Avatar. Or the TV show the in general. the TV show. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're doing Avatar the Blue Alien People movie by James Cameron, Ooh, that movie. Pocahontas. You know, the movie that made $2.7 billion worldwide, that movie. Um, so before we get into it, let's just do our usual, you know, stats, and then we'll talk, because we, we have a lot to say. Yep, here we go. <laughs> get those stats um, out so I can talk. So, so this movie has a tie between the critical and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes with 82%. 82% of the critics and 82% of the audience loved this movie. Uh, the budget for it was $237 million, one of the most expensive movies ever made. Box office, $2.7 billion. It was directed and written by James Cameron, who had worked on Aliens, uh, Titanic, True Lies. I didn't know that he had written uh, Alita Battle Angel, which was a super big hit last year. I didn't know that either. <clears throat> well, that's based off yeah. of an anime, so... He didn't yeah, technically true. write it. Somebody else wrote it. He just, like, threw it together. Adapted yeah. the screen. That's not writing. Um... And this isn't writing either, okay? He just adapted Pocahontas. Anyways, keep going. Um, we're saving the rant to laughter. No, Shashlane, calm down. Okay. Uh, so, Sam Worthington plays Jake Sully. He was in Clash of the Titans and Terminator Salvation. They Sam Worthington is one of those actors that they thought was going to be the next blockbuster kind of guy. And then he didn't. Yeah, and instead he got arrested <laughs> several times for punching people. Yeah, and he's going to be in the Avatar sequels. Um, apparently they're filming two of them, but it's been in a perpetual state of they're coming for like six years now. Oh, yeah, there's supposed so to be I'm... four of them, actually. Jesus, I know. There's supposed to be four fucking sequels. Um, Zoe Saldana plays uh, Natiri. We've covered her before when we talked about Crossroads. Uh, she is, of course, best known for playing Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy. Sigourney Weaver is in this movie. She plays Dr. Grace. Uh, she has been in two movies we have covered on the podcast, Working Girl and Alien. Stephen Lang plays Colonel Miles Quayrich. He's been in Don't Breathe uh, and Gods and Generals. Michelle Rodriguez plays Trudy. She was in Girl Fright, Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, Giovanni Rubinzi plays Parker. He was in Saving Private Ryan, and I know how I recognized him. He was in Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. That's why I recognized oh, him. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's the he's the corporate dude. Oh, mm. oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy, the corporate bigwig. You know, the corporate fuck. Um, yeah, exactly. 
And then uh, we also have Joel David Moore as Norm, who was in Grandma's Boy and Dodgeball. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, Joel David Moore played Norm. He was in Grandma's Boy and Dodgeball. When I looked him up, those were his notable titles under, under his IMDb. Oh my god. Fucking Dodgeball and Grandma's Boy. This was like a yeah, step needless- up. And he's going to be in the sequels, too. They actually even said that Stephen Lang is in some of the sequels and he died at the end of the movie. So I don't I don't know how he's going to be in the sequels. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert. But then again, this movie has been around for 10 years and it made a lot of money. So I'm sure everybody listening has at least seen it once. Well, that's like I saw this movie in theaters when it came out because everybody was watching it. And it was like the thing that. Um, for some ungodly reason, got into, um, fuck, what's it called? Uh, like 3D. Like 3D happened because yeah. of Avatar. And then for like five years, every fucking movie was in 3D to try to get more people in. And it was the worst thing ever because there was movies out there that like were in 3D that did not need to be in 3D. Like at all. Like Spy Kids 3D. Yeah, or, um, oh, fuck. I went and saw Three Musketeers, and and it was in 3D, and it was like, but why? Well, this is the thing, right? Like, the 3D for this movie was still the red-blue 3D. It wasn't the real 3D that we have now. Like, it was the red-blue 3D, and there's a lot of fucking blue in this movie. Like, outside of just the people, like, the entire world is very blue-green. Yeah, very blue. (laughs) And gray. Yeah. It's it's like a blue green gray aesthetic and it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean like it is so, pretty but yeah. So, so this movie clocks in at 2 hours and 40 minutes. It is long. <laughs> and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a lot of world building. And like I live tweeted this um So, I'm just going to go off my live tweets. Like, it starts basically with uh, Jake waking up after being in a cyrogenic sleep for six years because they were transported from Earth to Pandora. And (laughs) um, basically the first 45 minutes of the movie are him getting used to his avatar body. His twin brother apparently died and he had to take over. And then, like, him learning to be Navi. Yeah. After he gets his Avatar body. But, like, that's literally the first third of this movie. Yeah. There's no story. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, it's... (laughs) Like, his brother dies or whatever because he gets knifed as he's, like, just about to be shipped off, right? So they're like, well, because you're twins and you have basically the same DNA, then, uh you can go in his place and then like he gets there and they're uh that's the other thing so he's an ex-marine right who Mm -hmm. um is disabled he his legs do not work anymore he broke his spine yep and the ableism in this movie is just unsightly like it, it they call him meals on wheels yeah they call him a meal on wheels yeah they called him that and then they were also there was also like hey get out of the way wheels or like whatever sort of 
it, it was just like a lot where I was like, dude, like nobody would say like, let's say this is 200 years in the future. I feel like maybe society would be a little bit better by then. You know, we would maybe <laughs> stop being ableist and stop being transphobic. Like I, I would hope in 200 years that maybe that would stop by then. Are you so sure we'll exist in 200 years? You know what? COVID-19 is doing a fucking good job at it. Oh, my God. Why did I fucking say that? That is awful. Okay. Uh, it, it is. But um, you know what? We're all stuck in our homes. I, We're all a little fucking tired. And a little gallows humor never hurt anybody. You know what? I've you just. Know, it's a great coping mechanism. It's been two fucking weeks since I've left my house. Girl, I've been in my house for a fucking month. Yeah. I'm, I, I love my I love my family, but I was tired. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my sleep schedule is so completely out of whack now because I'm not going to work. That's because <laughs> same here, girl. Well, I I do work, but I've been working from home for two weeks, and it's like, um, I, well, because I usually start getting ready at about like ten thirty to, you know, like shower dressed or whatever, and then you know take the drive to work but now i technically don't even start work till about 15 minutes to one so i start showering at <laughs> noon like at my whole morning i do fuck all and then i shower at noon after my parents are like okay come on ashley like you gotta get ready for work and i'm like yeah it's such a long commute to the office <laughs> yeah uh it's 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 not fun for anybody. But, but my um, but my but, boss, like my job, they were just like, they're like, are you sure? Do you want to come in? And I'm like, do you guys want me to come in? They're like, well, it's probably better if you're just out of the office. Like it's one less person. And I'm like, cool. I'm okay with this. <laughs> By the way, my mom got me new work clothes. Pajamas. Nice. Yeah. Um, so one of the, I will say one of my favorite things about this movie is, I love Sigourney Weaver's character. I think that Dr. Grace is amazing. And it's not just because she and I have the same name. Oh, yeah, it is. It's because, it's because she is, like, the moral center of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she wants to, like, of course she's being hired by this corporation to kind of bridge the gap between the two cultures. And she's trying her damnedest. But also, it's kind of a white savior thing. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not on board with that. Like, she had a school for the native children to learn English and stuff. And it's just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> historically, this is kind of terrible. But as a character, she is probably one of my favorites in, in the movie universe. But also, she kind of represents a problematic thing. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I feel at the beginning, she comes across as, like, you're not supposed to like her because she's mean to the, like... I never got that vibe. Okay, well, that's because I. you have to remember, Gracie, like, you, you are a woman, right? So because of that... <laughs> yeah. You're not, you see it from, like, the different perspectives of, like, you know, the female lens, where most people, like, there was a good chunk of, like, dudes watching this and putting themselves in, like, Jake's shoes and being, like, like, because that's what this movie is. It's a fucking white, it's a straight, like, a straight 
uh, cis white males fucking fantasy. Oh, it, it fucking is. And also, um, if we're going to be doing this movie in Jake's point of view, he would definitely see Grace as a bitch at first. Oh, well, that's that's how it was like I saw the framing of like she was supposed to be like I thought she was fucking rad. Like her coming out and being like, where's my fucking cigarette? Like, yes, please. <laughs> like like her opening line is where who's got my goddamn cigarette that's her opening line and i was just like i like her (laughs) she's a go-getter um and like she she also is you know she's this woman who has worked her fucking ass mm -hmm. off right this is why i like her so much she's worked her ass off years and years and years right jake's brother had like a phd he had done the research and the work to be here and she she he gets here And she's like, hold the fuck up. You mean to tell me that all of this money and research I poured into this is now hinging on a guy who doesn't know a damn thing about what he's doing? I'd be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. It's a dude who does, like, he just fell into it or whatever, right? Yeah, they were like, and of course, like, like, you'll get paid real good. Yeah. And I mean, like, yes, there is, you know, some sympathy of, like, because they made him um, disabled, right? So there, there's that. So he's not, like, th- there's something rather than, you know, him just being, like, an able-bodied dude that showed up and was like, hey, uh, I want to be with the Avatar now. Okay, bro? Yeah. Like. But I don't think, I actually don't think that they utilize him being a paraplegic except oh, no. for a joke. Like, there's, it's, it's just they make it because pretty, like even in pretty fun like when he's you know like a paraplegic they make him like a little bit helpless and it's bad yeah it is and like and he hates the fact that he's a paraplegic yeah. which i can understand that people who grew up without um being disabled being then being disabled some of them might have dysphoria about it i get that I just don't like the ableism in the movie, especially when Jorgen fucking Von Strangle, the colonel, which is only a joke that only I get because Ajeline doesn't know what Fairly Odd Parents is. But I was too old when, when that, that show like, came out, okay? But that dude's like, I can give you your real legs back when you get home, and it just made me cringe so bad. But apparently in the future, uh, in America, they still only have uh, corporate owned medical care we're still we're still in a pay system i'm just saying like it wouldn't you think that like you know from like wouldn't there be like some sort of biometrics that they would work with right yeah like you got all this fucking technology and you're telling me biometrically they can't like make him upright Oh, it's so expensive? Yeah, because this is a movie about Americans going to a place to colonize it. Um, and America is all about that profit, baby. Uh, I just feel like capitalism wouldn't be around still in like 200 well, years. the but... entire point of the movie is a capitalistic corporation. Oh, yeah. trying to take over a native population, so. Well, that's the thing. is, It really is like, you know, a capitalist jerk-off fest. And that's, like, how they make the character, like, the, you know, the characters, or, like, the bad characters, right? They've got the military guy who is 
let's just face it, he overacted a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot. Like, his character <laughs> is... I, I'm surprised he didn't fucking go up and he was like... Where's the Austrian accent? Right? Well, no, like, no, no, no. When he was like... When he went up and it... like. It felt almost like Full Metal Jackets, where he was like, "You could suck a golf ball through a garden hose." Like, holy shit, dude, calm the fuck down. Um, uh, and I mean, maybe that's just the American military and like there being those tryhards. Because like, if you've been in the military, you definitely have like met one of those tryhards where you're like, "Okay, dude, okay, we're not in fucking basic training anymore. Like, calm your fucking tits." <laughs> yeah i know exactly the type you're talking about yeah. uh i actually had a friend that ended up in the air force he was just god awful more like, like chair force is- am i right yeah. <laughs> well, this is the same guy that was adamant that he had drop kicked my mother in her left hit in eighth grade i'm sorry what <laughs> yeah like we went on a chorus trip and um, he had like $400 in his wallet and my mom was chaperoning. So she took the money from him and gave it to the teacher where the teacher could hold on to the money because we were going to a small town, like four hours away from our, from our regular school. Yeah. And then like a few years later, like I was out of high school and he comes up and he's telling the story about how he drop kicked my mom and her left hit. He was very specific. Her left hit. Her left hit. Uh, on, on that chorus thing. And I was like... Travis, I was, I was there. You didn't, you didn't do that. Yeah, dude. Like, you remember that wrong, Travis. (laughs) Travis. Uh, He's the redneckiest redneck. Gross. Yeah, and he's in the Air Force, and he's definitely one of those try-hard types. Uh, Anyway, so the first, like, half hour of the movie, you get used to the aesthetic, and then, like, they put him in the avatar body and he gets you know he starts to train oh my god he's such a fucking asshole about it too right so like you know he gets into the avatar body and they're like okay you gotta like you know slow down you have to do the like all the tests and stuff to see and he's like nah bitches i'm fucking standing up and running and they're like no get back here and you're supposed to be like just let him go but i'm like no dude like, fucking listen to the rules. I mean, obviously, yeah, the, the whole thing is, like, he doesn't listen to the rules, and that's how he saved everybody, like a white savior, but okay. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, So, <laughs> he ends up going on a mission after he gets all of his training with Grace and uh, Norm to uh, basically take, like, test samples and stuff. And they end up getting separated because this hammerhead-looking motherfucker comes up. It's like a hammerhead rhino mm-hmm. with peacock feathers on its hammerhead. Um, anyway, it comes up, and it's pretty pissed. And things are like, okay, well, that's cool. But then this weird dragon thing comes from behind him. And in my notes, I was like, are they sampling the T-Rex from Jurassic Park? Because the noise sounded the exact same. They were. It was a recycled sound. Like, they spent all this money. Like, when we get into the trivia, I'll talk more about the pre-production, which is... It's a ride. Um, But I was just like, you spent all of this money and then you ended up recycling a sound instead of coming up with a new sound. You know? I just thought, like, 
you could have put that money to use here. Like, the fact that I, in my notes, was like, wait, is that the T-Rex from Jurassic Park? <laughs> and it was. Like, th- come on. Come on. That yeah. was a shortcut that was way too obvious. Well, you know that he, James Cameron, you know, called his buddy uh, and was like, hey, uh, can I use some of that uh, hey Spielberg shit over? <laughs> hey, Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how that went down. I just feel like that's that's how the phone call actually went. He was like, I don't even know what James Cameron sounds like, but um, oh wait, he's Canadian. He's actually from Montreal. So he was like, that's the worst French accent ever. <laughs> he's like, eh, I'm having to smoke. Suck <laughs> la bleu. Let me use your T Rex sounds. Yeah, um, it was it was painfully obvious like i haven't watched jurassic park in years uh but i knew the sound as soon as i heard it you can't take an iconic sound from an iconic movie creature and then put it in another movie and not expect people not to notice okay gracie it's because you're a sound nerd (sighs) so okay like i'm just i'm just saying that like most people listened to that and was like oh that's cool like they don't give a fuck Listen, I'm here for all my hot takes today. Don't stop me. Um, so 40 minutes in, we finally get a plot, right? At this point, he's met with, uh, what's-her-face, Natiri. Uh, you know, she's now in charge of training him because he helped her out with something. And it's, like, just this. Just so much of them learning from each other. Her mother, because, like, when he goes to... They br- when she like brings him, they're all like, "Uh, what the hell's with this dude? Like, we've never seen you before in our lives." And he's like, "Uh, hey, my name is Jake Sully, and uh, I don't know, fuck all. I'm a baby, goo goo gaga." Um, and the and the mother is just like, "Yeah, um, my daughter, you're you're gonna teach him everything." And she's like, "Oh man, like, but mom." It's it's kind of yeah. like when you know you're um, it, when you were a kid and you were playing video games and your mom was like, "Let your little brother play," and you're like, "But mom, he doesn't know how to play the game." And you're like, "Just let him play." That's exactly yeah, what's exactly. happening here. Yeah. So um, another thing was okay. Every time they speak in Navi, there are subtitles. Oh God. And the subtitles are in papyrus font. Didn't oh, say it right you this did. Time. You did. I'm so proud yeah, of you. Okay. okay, what were you calling it before, though? Papyrus. Pa- <laughs> oh, fucking hell. No. I can't help it. I had I had a very Southern education, all right? Papyrus? <laughs> no. Papyrus. No, it's papyrus. Like, okay, papyrus. Yeah. Like papaya. I got you. Well, yeah, like papyrus, um, the character in this one video game and he's like a cool skull guy and he's like hi i'm papyrus i like spaghetti and meatballs (laughs) yep Um, some people get that so i i hate this font i hate it it's like comics oh my god i know it's such a bad font and I'm like, I know this is such a nitpicky thing to complain about. Like, it could have just been plain 
font and nobody I mean, would have cared. You could use like Arial or Times New Roman exactly. or Cambria. Like nobody would have made. And nobody would notice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they used fucking papyrus. Okay. You might as well have just used Comic Sans. It was distracting. I know. And I think the reason why they used that, because they were like, ooh, it looks kind of mystical or whatever. And that and was like ancient. the point. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> no, it looks hella dumb. Like, <laughs> it really does. It was a bad choice. Yeah. Um, so after he starts to become engrossed with the culture and stuff, uh, Jake is continuously reporting to the colonel guy. And the, because, like, the colonel guy promised him extra money if he does this thing. Because the entire point of this movie is the corporate people want to get this, um, unobtainium. Oh, yeah, which is basically, like... it's not unattainable. Oh, is that why they fucking... Unobtainium. Oh, my fucking God, I want to die. Like, really? (laughs) It's not the first time that it's been called that. There are other movies. I'm where it's so happy that, that this like did a, not win it's best a sci-fi picture. Joke. Like this <laughs> movie was like nominated for best fucking picture, and it did not win. Thank fucking god. What one? Uh, Hurt Locker, which which was directed by James Cram- uh, Cameron's ex-wife, and Catherine Bigelow is. A- fantastic yeah i like her stuff she does more gritty like war stuff but i still like it she's a really good director mm-hmm. and i just love the fact that he lost her oh yeah it was so satisfying <laughs> because she's she's like yeah he's kind of a narcissist and it's like we we get it though to be fair i think to be a director you have to be a narcissist oh absolutely <laughs> like it kind of comes with the territory i mean like in that sort of when you need that, like, leadership, right? And also, like, the... A little art- narcissism goes, goes, goes somewhere yeah. in that. In that. A little bit, though. I mean, it's great for, like, you know, artistic, but, like, bad for the relationships in your life. <laughs> it's true. Um, so, one of the things that really stuck out to me, like, to understand... Most of the people who are playing Navi are African-American black actors. Or indigenous in some form. Yes, they are non-white characters. And there is only one person, like one human character that isn't a background character that is a person of color. Everybody else is fucking white. Right. So there is a word that is used historically to describe black people in a terrible sense. And that word is monkey. And there is a line in the movie. Now, again, most of the Navi are being portrayed by non-white actors. Yeah. And the line is, find out what the blue monkeys want. And I went... Oh, no. Uh, Oh, yeah. And, like, I mean, that was the... I guess that was, like, the point, because he was, like, the character that you're supposed to hate, but... mm, Oh, wow. I I mean, he also used the term savages. Oh, God. I don't even like saying that one. Sorry. I've gotten to a point where I don't like to say it at all. But, yeah, they do. Like... They're using racial slurs to describe the Navi people. And I get the point is that we are supposed to hate them. 
but at the same time, you maybe didn't have to use that phrasing and you still could have got the point across. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because I, I live tweeted this, so my next note would be, I would be tweeting more, but there's nothing happening in this movie but his training sequences and it's taking forever. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> this is a two and a half, like, over two and a half hours, and most of it is just like, the training sequences, the battles, the this, the that. And it's like, okay, that's cool, but you really could have done a little bit of editing here. Like, why on God's green earth do you have to make these, like, epic movies, like, hella long when you don't need them to be that long? Like, thank you, Michael Bay, but why is there a three-hour fucking movie of Transformers (laughs) hitting each other? Yeah, it's true. Like, I feel like, okay, so this is kind of an attack because I love Marvel movies, but even the longest Marvel movie is Endgame, and the reason it's so long is because it's a conclusion story. Most of the Marvel movies clock in at about two hours, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a good runtime. Two hours is a great runtime. I honestly feel like they could have cut 45 to 50. 45 minutes to an hour out of this movie. Oh, yeah. And it would have been just as good. Like, in the sense that it's not good at all. (laughs) I mean, uh, well, yeah, exactly. Like, I get, like, the things that they were trying to, like, come across with it. Like, I mean, okay, so, like, once he ends up uh, doing the thing where, like, he, you know, uh, gets the... The, the flying he tailmates dude. with yeah he gets a, okay which that's a i have another thing about that i'm <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to that okay okay so like the flying thing right he gets that and then um and then it's like okay now that you've like become part of our tribe you must find a woman and he goes off like into the you know forest like the the pretty glowing forest with her and, and she, like, she wants him. It's obvious, right? Because, you know, you got to have the indigenous woman fall in love with the white dude, of course. Oh, of course. And you have to, you know, sexualize Oh, her. yeah. That's the other thing, okay? All of the Navi, like, even the guys were all, like, in almost no clothes. But, like, she was in almost nothing. Like, the only thing hiding her... Wanna- blue titties were like shells like and you want to hear something what? you want to hear some of the background on that um it turns out that uh james cameron had written a lot of this out and created all of this lore like in the 10 years before he started making the movie and in the lore the women don't need to have breasts because they do not lactate to feed their young in the lore but James Cameron decided, you know, it's a movie, so we need boobs. <laughs> like, the only reason they CGI boobs onto the women is to sexualize them. Because in the lore he created, they're unnecessary. What? <laughs> what? I, the fuck? I did my research on this movie. You yes, guys. you like, did. I fucking did my research on this movie. I I can't say that was some of the stuff. Like some stuff, I don't do shit for. You know, like I'll just. I have a straight up TV. like O face right now. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I didn't mean that kind of O face. 
Yes, I meant like, like I'm very surprised. I mean, I guess you're pretty surprised when you have an O face, but. But yeah, like, okay, so typically when it comes to me researching, I don't do a lot of it. But a few days ago, I actually came across this really great YouTube video by a guy named Sideways. And I was like, God, this is like perfect timing, you know? So I actually, after he had said some of the stuff in the in the movie, in the video, which I'm going to get into what the video was about later, but... I was like, okay, well, I'm going to research this because I didn't realize that there was so much established lore. And then I saw that and I was like, oh, isn't that nice? (laughs) She doesn't even need boobs, but they put them on her anyway. Of course they did because they had to sexualize her. You should see my tweet. I was like, here comes the tail sex. And then I was like, you know, that uh, that gift from the office, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. OK, so like <laughs> tail sex. What? Like because they don't really. Do they have genitalia? Like, I don't know. And like, yeah, I don't know. Either. I, I didn't go that yeah, but far. Like, yeah, it. they like connect their like it's not even a tail. It's like their braid. Right. Yeah. The nerve endings. Yeah. And they like connect those and like that's how they mate and i was just like dude this is fucking weird and you know like thank god james cameron fucking cut this down because like i bet you that the deleted scene is way too long and (laughs) so uncomfortable to watch yeah this and this one they just kiss a lot and then they connect their braids kiss a lot and then it fades to black yeah like thank fucking god but you know that like the deleted scene is like almost full on and you're like no no we don't need a fucking another handprint in the window yeah so this is like an hour and 50 minutes in shit finally starts to happen the bulldozers are coming the white people are white peopling it's great yep Uh, basically right so then like of course (laughs) you know Jake's like in his you know, in the other part, just eating eggs and having a cup of coffee. And, and like, she's and she's, she's freaking like, the fuck out. She's like, Jake, up. wake the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it, it's brutal. So but, he, like, she... He finally wakes up. Oh, yeah. And they're, like... And, and then he, like, breaks the machines. And that's how, like, they're, like, oh, it's our dude. And he's in trouble now. Um, but, like, that's the other thing, too, is, like... She is heartbroken, right? Like from <laughs> from what is happening? Because those trees, like they they said that like well, it's the a, the it's ancest- established that it- yeah, like the ancestors are like part of the trees because this is the fucking mm-hmm. Lorax. Yeah, it's established that the trees are connected like a brain, you know, and they store memories of these people's spirits. And these bulldozers have now bulldozed a sacred plot of land. And she's devastated. And he's like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So, like, that's the other thing. I mean. No dapple anyone? Well, I mean, like, that has happened quite a lot because... White people oh, are gonna white honey, people, just, and I mean, you know, just recently, um, there was an indigenous tribe, and I cannot remember the name of it because this was a couple of weeks ago. Um, an indigenous tribe lost their status, 
as an indigenous tribe just so the U.S. government could take their land. That's never happened before. And that literally happened two weeks ago. Wow. Like, yeah. So. That's gross. Yay. Yeah, and like. America. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what fucking Canadian government has done, too. Mm-hmm. Canada. Oh, yeah, we signed this treaty 100 years ago, and it doesn't mean shit now. Yeah. We decided no. We decided <laughs> that we want the slant anyways, because now it's worth something to us. Yeah, but, exactly. like, way more to you guys, because, like, your traditions and shit, but, like, money. But, like, dollar uh, bills. <laughs> I like some money. Uh, yeah, so... Fuck. That's that's what happens. Um, yep. And then Jake and Natiri end up back at the thing. And he explains that, oh, yeah, these people are coming to destroy your homeland. I didn't mention that before. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, they're coming to kill you. But let me, re- you know, but let me reason with them first. Uh and, and yeah, but like that she work out. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, what the fuck? Uh, what Natiri? Well, not Natiri. Like the guy who like Natiri. Oh, Kokoum. <laughs> I don't even know don't his know name, his but he's name. essentially Kokoum from like Pocahontas. Yeah, like he was. He was the one. He was the one that was supposed to marry her, and then he got super hella pissed when he found out that Jake mated with her instead. So. Yeah, because like. And, and Jake's like, yeah, brother. And he's like, you're not my brother. You stole my girl, you asshole. Like, come on. <laughs> Bros before hoes. Bros before hoes. That is such a bad term, and I hate it so it much. It really is. But it sums it up. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, uh, the deal doesn't work, right? They don't reason. They're like, fuck it. We're going to go kill him. And uh, the colonel's like, looks like deals can't be made. Let's fuck them up and mow them down. And then there's a really big battle. And the chief dies. Oh, yeah. Well, like, one of the things that's Well, that was the other thing. Like, that big-ass massive tree, right? They, like, blow the shit out of it. And it falls down. And it's, like, their most sacred tree. Because it's, like... Like, it's huge, right? Mm -hmm. And, And then, like, of course, you know, everybody is fucking sad like this is the worst this is 9-11 for the Navi (laughs) I'm so sorry yeah I mean like to be fair it is like in in the sense that you know this this huge like I would say it would be worse than that to them because that's like it would be like someone destroying Mecca for Muslims or someone basically destroying jerusalem which is a holy site for all three major religions yeah you know like that's essentially what they did they destroyed jerusalem um and one of the things that really aggravated me about jake as a character is the fact that the only reason he ends up siding with the navi is because he fell in love with natiri that's it that's the reason he changes his mind. And that irritates me but, so but much. But don't you know, Gracie? Love changes everything. Uh, I don't know, man. It just... It seems so cheap. Like, 
Jake really doesn't have any character development. Oh, it's true. He ba- He's pretty he, much the same character throughout. He barely he has learns. a character. Like, I mean, he's just like... <laughs> he's an insert average Joe here. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. Uh, I think that's why this movie did so well, because like... He's a self-insert character. Yeah, he really is. And like, every... Like yeah, every... Will dude who watches this is like they can see themselves as jake and like then they fucking love it hey everybody here's a quick promo from another podcast that you should definitely go and check out were you traumatized as a child by watching unsolved mysteries do you like to judge facial hair (laughs) guess what we have a podcast for you can you believe it it's called perhaps it's you and it is an unofficial Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Samantha. I'm Liz. We're two cool mystery ants, not really, <laughs> watch an episode of Unsolved Mysteries each week. And tell you about it. We update you if any of the mysteries have been solved. We rate the episode on a scale of Robert Stacks. We can give episodes a possible five out of five Robert Stacks, although it rarely happens. Very rarely. We also complain about what everyone is wearing. And it doesn't really matter if you know anything about Unsolved Mysteries or not. You should tune in because it's the number one podcast on iTunes. Yeah, you can find us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, most podcast platforms. You can also check out our website, perhapsitsyou.com, or find us on the social medias at Perhaps It's You. Yep. And get out there and solve some mysteries, bitches. Yeah. I think I think you're on to something here. I mean, <laughs> no, like, um, I mean, that's why Star Wars was so popular is because... Uh, like Luke Skywalker is a Gary Stew, right? Every dude can put himself into that shoe, like into those shoes. And then, like, if we do have something that's like somewhat similar, like it, it's not until like recently that it's been super popular with, say, Hunger Games, uh, but uh, like with a female protagonist lately. But yeah, every would, single say, thing like that, that goes that becomes really like popular. I mean, Twilight is super popular because she is uh, a Mary Sue. Hunger Games, straight up Mary Sue. I don't care what anybody says. Like, she is. She doesn't have a lot of character as a person. Oh, my God. Gracie, this is the, like, true key to making an amazing movie that everybody is going to love. Take a character. Yeah, (laughs) self-insert character. Put them into, like, doing some shit. And then you're, you're fucking good. You're good to go. Oh, and then you have to have a few crazy characters that have like a lot of personality that everybody can fall in love with. But you got and then they die. But you have to have like white bread, <laughs> dude, or girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the interesting character that you love is gonna die. Yeah. Well, always unless it's uh, <laughs> like Jack Sparrow who ends up getting a bunch of fucking movies for himself. Because like, <sighs> I mean, l- let's be honest, fucking Will Turner. Self-insert. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, I've cracked the code. I've cracked the code. You, you have figured. I really haven't. I really haven't. Every every fucking YouTuber, right? It, like, has known this for years. It's not every film theory YouTuber. Yeah, they they cracked this like years ago, and they sure as shit aren't listening to this and going like, "Bitch, we fucking know." Okay, you're fucking <laughs> like. You're you're fucking dumbass. You finally go to film got it. School. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. The chief dies, and then 
after uh, Grace and um, What's-His-Face get woke up in the real world, their avatars, well, Jake's avatar gets left to rot because fuck Jake, because they're still mad at Jake, and then Grace gets carried off um, with the others. Uh, There's just this really terrible scene where you can hear uh you know where like grace wakes up and then they have to like sneak out they all they get arrested and then trudy helps them escape and then they escape and i know that i'm like describing this very badly but i mean eh, whatever grace that's basically it though like (laughs) yeah grace got shot and then which i don't see where she got shot at like i i rewound that scene and i was like i don't understand where she got shot there's no reaction shot to her getting hit no it's just suddenly like she's shot or whatever yeah Um, it was weird yeah so then (laughs) like because you have to get rid of the like strong independent women uh as the like oh of course well, of course, of course, right? So that's there's no room for them here. Well, exactly. You have to. <laughs> they have to be like self-sacrificing and like become a martyr because the same thing happened to Trudy, right? Yeah, like the two most interesting female characters. Yeah, because uh, Natiri is also kind of a Mary Sue. She doesn't have a lot of personality. No, it's just her personality is. Uh, I hate this white guy too. Oh, I love this white guy. <laughs> I mean, Dances with Wolves, right? Actually, I've never watched that movie, so. I think Dances with Wolves, he is actually with a white girl. I don't think it's a native woman. Oh. It's just that he was raised with the native people. Oh, okay. I think. I think. think. Uh, Don't quote me on that. I do not remember. I haven't watched. I don't watch Kevin Costner movies, like, as a rule. (laughs) Wait, you've never (laughs) seen The Postman? Or Waterworld? Oh my god, we should do a whole month of just Kevin Costner movies. Kill me now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm. I do think I actually watched, um, um, God, what, Water, uh, Waterworld one time when I was younger and I hated it. I watched that movie too, but like, that's besides. Like, I'll tell you what's a good Kevin Costner movie. Hidden Figures. (laughs) Who's in that? Hidden Figures. We we did it a couple years ago for our Black History. Yeah, Month. but I really don't remember him in it. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't count. That's, that's, he was just like the big astrophysicist guy that was in charge. No, okay. You know, that, he he knocked down the restroom sign and said everybody pees the same. <laughs> he would know. He had to drink his own piss and water. <laughs> I quit. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, um, oh they try to save. They try to save Grace, uh, but not before you know Jake comes down in that big with that big yellow dragon thing. Oh God! You I know? know. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, the like thing. So, oh, oh, he's the big hero. Here's the thing, right? So his his like noble steed comes over and is like. Hey guy, oh my I God, got he's you. An actual white knight, kill me. Okay, listen, listen. So, <laughs> but like his noble steed comes by and he's like, "Hey, I got you, right?" And then like he's like, "Yeah, well, we got to do something, and you're gonna hate it." And he's like, uh, and his his noble steed is like, "What?" Right? So he, so his noble steed. That's it doesn't have a name, so I'm, that's what I'm gonna call it. Like, so they're flying, and then he's like, "Okay." 
you you drop down and you go on to the other one, right? And then we never see from his noble steed ever again. He abandons his first pet. Yeah. Fucking monster. He abandoned it for a better model. <gasps> wow. What a piece of shit. Okay. Oh, also, when he comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm fucking cool as hell, bruh. And he comes down to make a statement right after they basically sang their version of Amazing Grace mourning their dead. Yeah. And he's like, we <laughs> need to get all the clans together and they and we are going to we are going to get those guys, even though I know. am part of them. But like. I'm going to help you because I know how to use guns. Because, you know, a, a white guy has to be the one to save everybody. Of course. Of course. It's just just how it goes. Mm. Um, so they assemble all of the clans together. Uh, they try to save Grace. It doesn't work. She dies because she's just not strong enough to make the connection, you know, the spiritual connection to her new body. Yeah. It's sad. Um... So then we get everybody's assembling. The battle is coming to to head. And there's this one line by the colonel that goes after he sees how many people are coming where he goes, we will fight terror with terror. And I sat back and I said, is this guy Dick Cheney? (laughs) And then I thought, is this entire movie a parable of the Iraq war? It's not, by the way, because in my research... James Cameron is very adamant it is an anti it is not an anti-war movie. Um Oh no, he but, he straight up like got the idea because he watched Disney's Pocahontas. Like <laughs> yeah, and it but is like, It is Pocahontas. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Um much more visually beautiful and interesting but still Pocahontas. That's the thing. The movie is visually stunning. Oh, it's yeah. interesting. But the story suffers. Well, I so mean, like much. I hate to say it, but like James Cameron, it like his stories are not that interesting. Like in the grand scheme of themes, like it, I we mean, had the same issue with Titanic. I thought Titanic was a beautiful movie. It was ahead of its time on its graphics, mm-hmm. but the story is just meh. Meh. Well, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it, like he needs to get somebody to actually write the stories who like you know, can actually come up with some, like, interesting great characters and, like, some actual interesting, like, plot lines rather than, like, this normal shit, but then, you know, like, visually stunning. But it's basically, like, it's almost like rainbow bread, right? Like, rainbow bread is just regular old, like, white bread, but it's colored rainbow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like that—that's what I, this movie is. It is white bread that's colored rainbow. Yeah, someone I think uh, said something to the effect of, uh, mm, "Never mind, it doesn't fit." Uh, and I can't remember it exactly, so I'm not gonna say it. But yeah, like when he said, "We will fight terror with terror," I thought, man. That sounds like something George Bush or Dick Cheney <laughs> would say when they were talking about the Iraq War. Yeah, they're like. When they invaded a sovereign country. But they attacked us, didn't they? Of, uh, no. Also, um... Didn't they so do 9-11? Knows, no. Just so everybody knows, neither Iraq or Afghanistan uh, had any involvement with the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Uh, 
Every single one, almost every single one of the pilots were Saudi Arabian. But didn't they have weapons of mass destruction? No. No. (laughs) Uh, So that was the thing. Yeah, anyway. They never did find uh, them. No, they didn't. Man, they must have hit them really well. Because we're still looking for them. Yeah. (laughs) 20 years later. Yeah. Almost 20 years later. Uh, Anyway. Hindsight is 2020. Oh, jeez, I hate you so fucking much. (laughs) Uh, um, No, I don't. I thought that pun was funny the first time I saw it. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, there's this huge battle. Lots of people die. Basically, everybody fun and interesting dies. Um, Oh, yeah. Except for Norm. Norm lives. He gets shot up pretty bad, but he does live. Uh Oh. Like, Trudy dies. That's the other thing uh, about then, fucking Norm's character. God damn. Yeah, he's like, his character... <laughs> he's, like, pretty boring, but... He's, like, what? Oh, yeah. So he's, like, super boring, like, Norm's character in general, but, like, you know that he's so jealous because Jake's doing all the things that he always wanted because, you oh, know, sure. of course, you have to have somebody who hates Jake for doing the thing right yeah and then like they somehow kind of become friends but not really yeah but i get the feeling they're gonna have a more developed relationship in later sequels which we're not watching i Are refuse you sure? <laughs> i'm positive unless <laughs> ashley manages to convince me that we should i really don't um i don't want to do them uh i'll do it so <laughs> anyway There's one of the things that bothers me about this movie is there are plenty of open air shots where they're in those helicopters and they don't need the masks to breathe. But then they make a big deal about needing the masks in the last scene in the last like battle scene. Oh, yeah. That was one of the things that was really strange to me. Like there are scenes where there are open, you know, open parts of the helicopters that they're in. Yeah. Yeah while they're hovering above the Pandoran landscape and the people are in regular, like their people shape, they're not in their avatar shape Mm -hmm. and they can breathe. But then all of a sudden they really need the mask when they're on the ground. I thought it was just weird. It's probably just an editing inconsistency, but I just thought it was weird. Um, so yeah, there's a big, huge battle. The Colonel ends up dying. Um, Jake ends up getting his new birthday suit you know he's a he gonna be a blue person from now on a blue alien yeah they do yeah they're like in the they're by the tree and everybody's doing the dance right and then he opens his eyes and it's like oh his dream came true and he's there with his mate or whatever which that's a whole nother thing but um yeah. And then the movie ends, and then in the credit scene, you get the My Heart Will Go On insert track that is also sung by Celine Dion. I don't remember the name of it. Because they thought that this was going to be the next My Heart Will Go On. They really did. Mm-hmm. Which I do think it's funny. Every time you think about My Heart Will Go On, there's a techno remix, and the song is about hundreds of people dying, and they have a techno remix for a club. I think I've heard that actually like at a club before. I would not be surprised. Um, so yeah, now I kind of want to do like a deep dive into 
how the movie was made. And most of this comes from Sideways on YouTube. Uh, I'll make sure to give Ageline the YouTube link where she can put it in the description of the episode for you guys to check out. Um, All right, so- let's, uh, let's hear it. Because I did not watch this video, so I have, like, no clue what the fuck... Gracie's talking okay. about so this is so, a surprise so, for me as it is for you anyways I'll yeah, shut up I tried now to get her to, I, I tried to get her to watch it it's a half hour long video and she's like Gracie I'm not gonna so I kind of summarized it so basically James Cameron started working on this movie way back in the 90s and he actually wanted it to be the project he did after he finished Titanic and he was riding on that monumental success from Titanic but he didn't the CGI that it would have cost, it would have cost $400 million to make this movie in 1999 because of all of the CGI rendering that would have to be done. Yeah. So he was like, never mind, I'll wait. And he waited until after Lord of the Rings uh, and Gollum was done. And he's like, okay, CGI is almost to where I need it to be. So that's when he started, like, doing everything and gathering up all this information. Now, this this movie, again, had a huge budget, right? So one of the things he ended up doing is he wrote an entire book full of lore for the Navi people. Um, they hired a plant physiologist named Jody Holtz who showed them how to make proper plant samples. Um, all of the plants in the movie have, like, a little page in this book that he wrote describing what it is um then they ended up hiring this woman named dr wanda bryant in 2007 she's this ethnomusicologist she was hired on to work with james horner um to create this new type of music because james cameron wanted this huge sound that wasn't specifically any culture so she pulled from Swedish cattle songs and folk songs from the Nava people of North India, tribal music from Vietnamese and Chinese work songs, songs from Burundi, Celtic and Norwegian music, Central African music, uh, you know, all songs from Inuit culture and North American brush dances. Like, she pulled all of this where it didn't sound specifically like any one thing. Yeah. Um, and they made hundreds of demos for all of these songs because he wanted a song for a weaving song he wanted a song for hunting all of this they ended up not using any of the original music (coughs) because james cameron listened to it and said it doesn't sound like something a western audience would listen to so the only song that they wrote was the uh, the lament at the tree of souls. Mm-hmm. That's the only original song they kept in. And then, uh, Bryant said that of the entire musical score, she can only see five instances where they used some sound like from all of their research. And I'm telling you, they spent millions upon millions of dollars for this research and didn't use any of it which is really sad if you think about it yeah like he shot down cameron shot down all of the demos because he thought that the demos sounded too different too alien if you will um fucking aliens though (laughs) right 
Um, the one song that he kept was the Lament of the Tree of Souls. And he's like, I want the Navi to be understood, direct quote, from Oklahoma to North Dakota. Um, the language in the songs, uh, you know, the Navi language is a con lang. So, like, it's one of those languages that are made up for the movie. Like, other examples of conlangs are Elvish from Lord of the Rings or Dothrakian, Valerian from Game of Thrones, Klingon from Star Trek, right? They're made-up languages with their own pronunciations and their own grammar structure. This is super cool to me, and I know Ajlin is, like, zoning out. She's like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Sorry. But to me, it's it's cool. But to me, it's cool. Um, So, like, what's so funny is, is after he did all of this hard work, he said... You know, sometimes, like, it's okay if we don't use all of the shit that I created because, you know, we can justify it for the storytelling. Like, I can create a native language, but I can break the canon for the purpose of storytelling. <coughs> so, like, there's where they're flying and you can hear, like, the, the Navi singing. It's just gibberish, like, in Navi. It doesn't make any sense. And I was just like... What, what killed me about it is they spent all of this money and wasted all of this talent, like, just because it didn't sound Western enough. Well, yeah, because, you know, people in middle America aren't gonna, like, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, that was, that's what's so crazy about it. And so, like, one of the things that I don't like about the score is how digital it is, and it's because they sampled all of these like indigenous uh, instruments and then overlaid them with a Western orchestra. It's just, it's not fun. I don't like it. <laughs> and it makes the score ironic because the score tells the story of the movie, except James Cameron is the big corporation <laughs> because he was so controlling. So, yeah. I know you don't care, but I thought it was fascinating. I mean, it is interesting. My eyes yeah, did glaze it... over a little bit, but um, that's only because, you know. Uh, yeah. You did you know in the original theory. ending, uh, she was going to be pregnant with his child? Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, the director was known for being really tough on set, which... When we discussed Titanic, this was something that came up. He is notorious for being uh, a pain in the ass. Kate Winslet even said she'd never work for him again. <laughs> but I think she's in the Avatar sequels they're working on now. So oh, is she really? I guess she, cha- I guess she changed her mind. I think she's going to be in the second one. Okay, that's... I think I remember reading that. Okay, so that's the thing. I, I got a little bit of a story about Avatar because I still think... And I probably told this before, but I don't care. Um, so there was time, like a time where somebody was... Uh, I was talking to this girl. Uh, we were in a play together. And she was like, oh my god, I love... I love Avatar. And I was like, oh my god, I love Avatar too. It's such a good show, right? And I like went, you know... Uh, into that and she's like no the movie and I'm like what (laughs) what you like she was a fan of like this series which I was like I barely like I don't even fucking remember that was the thing I think that's what really irritates me is how unmemorable the movie is for something that made so much money Titanic is more memorable right like 
at least with Titanic, you actually have enough of a chemistry between the two main actors that you s- still can remember parts of it. Like, Avatar is a blur to me, and it's because it borrows so much from so many different movies about a white person infiltrating a native culture. Well, that's the thing. Um, like, I, he basically took a lot of different stories because that's what it says like the inspirations and stuff he essentially like took Pocahontas Dances with Wolves uh Princess Mononoke right and like Fern Gully Fern Gully like yeah any of these and he like just meshed them all together uh into this you know story that like to most people who don't know the outside views and like I guess has never watched a movie in their life. They're like, wow, this is so original. And it's like, for some ungodly reason, there is a, like, there's a theme park devoted to Avatar. And I mean, like, what? Like, I know that this movie made a ton of money, but like, again, I barely remember. Like, am I excited about Avatar 2 coming out in like a year? No. I could give two (laughs) shits about the like how many fucking movies are coming out because this movie is forgettable yeah for a movie that made so much money it is very forgettable yeah very forgettable like i don't get that with like the other highest ranking movie like highest earning movies <clears throat> like i don't get that like like there's no well, and there's no heart to this story that's there's no like yeah. memorable lines there's no like, that's when, when you have a story, like, you want something that's memorable. You don't want, like, sure, it made a shit ton of money, but what is the cultural, like, significance of the movie? Like, it, like at least, at least, like, okay, for example, movies that have made a fraction of this are still memorable, there are movies that are TV movies that have more, more of a cultural imprint on society than Avatar has. The only thing about Avatar that makes it unique is how visually stunning it was yeah. for the time. Yeah. And the effects still hold up pretty well. You know, it's a little jaunty sometimes, like you, a little boxy sometimes you can tell, but ultimately still holds up really well visually. But, like, the story is just so lacking and there's nothing about the characters that make them memorable enough. Like, the only character that was... Care. Well, that's the thing. Like, the only character that we were, like, kind of interested in was Grace. But, like, that's because Sigourney Weaver is a fantastic actress. But even... And she added a layer. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, she added, like, somewhat of a layer. But even then, it's not... Really. Not really memorable this whole movie is so forgettable and that's I I think that's the sad part about it is like I don't know about you but there what is the hype of the you know the next few movies coming out I mean I know there are hardcore fans of this movie but they're not a lot okay like to compare it to culturally significant like Lord of the Rings okay yeah Lord of the Rings is amazing. Yeah. Like, we just discussed them, right? This month. Lord of the Rings is fan-fucking-tastic. Like, it's great. Well, that's the thing. Rewatching it, I went, oh my god, this movie, like, I I didn't quite like it as much then, but rewatching it, I'm like, wow, this movie was fucking fantastic. 
rewatching yeah. this, I was just, I was bored. bored. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, that's the difference I think between Lord of the Rings and this movie. Even though both of them could be quote unquote epic, like they both are epic movies, yeah. but for different reasons. Like the reason I feel like Lord of the Rings is more successful is because you have characters that have development. You have a cast of characters that are all unique and different, and you don't have characters that you can just self-insert, you know? Or maybe you can self-insert, but it's not necessarily the main character you self-insert with. Like, you probably recognize a lot of yourself in Gimli, or, you know, in Merry or Pip. Yeah. Whereas here, you don't see, like... I don't see myself in this movie at all. No. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't, like, engage with it in that sense. Like, I like some of the characters, but there aren't any funny lines. Like, everybody knows the second breakfast line. You know, what about second breakfast? Or, you know. Yeah, or, (laughs) um, you know, potatoes, right? Yeah. Like. I love that one. Yeah, so. I I just. Yeah, I guess, like. I don't know. It's kind of like even Titanic has more of a cultural. Like, oh, yeah. Deep I know set. quotes from Titanic. Like, I'd rather be his whore than your wife. Like, yeah, girl, get it. You know? Yeah. Like, there's a line that you can remember from the movie. <clears throat> but there's no there's no like gotcha line that comes out of this movie. Like, and I know lines aren't necessarily one of the things that make a movie memorable, but they do help. Like, Quotable movies are classics for a reason, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, <laughs> the little bit of trivia I do have after all that was, uh, you know, like I said, James Cameron was known for being a tough-as-nails kind of guy on set. Allegedly, he kept a nail gun, and he would nail cell phones that rung during whatever he was doing. He would nail them to the exit sign. He would take someone's cell phone and nail it to the exit sign. If it rang. And I just want to let everybody know that this movie was shot digitally and not on film. So he really doesn't have an excuse. Digital films are a lot easier to, you know, erase shit on. Yep. So, yeah. But yeah, he's Canadian. <laughs> uh, also, this was the first directorial uh, movie after Titanic. He did not direct any movies between Titanic and Avatar. Really? Really. He wrote a few, but he did not write. He did not direct any. This was his Titanic follow-up. What has he done since Avatar, though? Um... Other than go down to the Mariana Trench. <laughs> Which he did. Um. Uh. So, <laughs> as far as direction, uh, he he hasn't done anything since I don't think he's done. He's done. Um. No. He did Torek the first flight, which is he was a collaborating movie. He was a collaborating director, and it was a TV movie. Uh, he was working on a movie called The Last Train from Hiroshima, but it was delayed. And then he's in pre-production for Avatars 4 and 5, and he is filming Avatar 2 and 3, which they're slated for 21 and 23 releases. That's the thing. He 
it doesn't really have a lot of movies at all as a whole. He's done three docu four documentaries, a couple of TV video shorts. His major movies are The Terminator, uh, Terminator 2, Aliens, Titanic, and Avatar. And how is it that this man has more of a career than Catherine Bigelow, who has directed more movies? Um, I think it's just because, like, James Cameron is... Like, he's directed two major movies that... <laughs> They're in the top five uh, movies of all time. I think, actually, Titanic might have slipped out of the top five. No. Let me look it up. Top five highest grossing movies. <clears throat> uh, oh, no. Titanic's number three. So, uh, Avengers Endgame, Avatar, Titanic, Star Wars The Force Awakens, uh, Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World... The first Avengers and then Furious 7. Yeah. And then, like, uh, I think number 10 is actually Frozen 2 because it made a little bit more money than Frozen 1. So. Gracie yeah. loves that movie and I do not like that movie. I, I loved that movie. Haters gonna hate. Potatoes gonna potate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, okay. So, anyways. Uh, uh, let's, yeah. Yeah. What tests did it just not pass? Um, oh. All of them. Even uh, Bechdel test. Even the Bechdel test. Characters. Yeah, two named female characters on screen <clears throat> alone talking about something other than a guy does not happen. Um, racial Bechdel test. Two people of color on screen alone talking about someone who's not white doesn't happen. Macklemore test. Uh, a woman who has agency in a plot that isn't about pushing a white male narrative forward. Wait, Gracie, happen. but isn't the Navi considered people of color? I'm kidding. Well, I mean, they're played by people of color. Yeah. Uh, but still, like, even their motivations, like the DuVernay test, uh, do the people of color in this movie have motivation beyond pushing a white narrative? No. Uh, are the, is there LGBTQA plus representation? No. Um... <laughs> Uh, and can you replace some of the named female characters with sexy lamps and it not take away from the plot? You could replace pretty much all of them. Yikes. Even Natiri. Oh. Because like, she has no real bearing. She's just there to look at and then have sex with and has boobs for no reason which, biologically. Which, okay, so like that's another thing I want to like mention, right? Because I, I have talked about this before. But she is essentially like an indigenous woman. Yeah, an indigenous woman that is sexualized. And Which like is a super common trope. Yeah. Yeah, if it's a if it's a woman of color, it's like it's okay to sexualize them and it's like no, that's not that's fucked up. That takes yeah. away from you know their humanity. Yeah. I guess I guess our point is, is we don't like it, and if there are going to be sequels, I hope they do a better job of making more memorable characters. Yeah. Because I get the feeling with James Cameron writing, it's probably going to be a weak-ass storyline, which is fine. Um, you can still have a great movie if you have great characters. Like, a lot of the reason so many Marvel movies are popular isn't because of the story. 
it's because of the characters. I mean, Iron Man, the first one, was all basically ad-libbed, you know? And the reason it was so successful was because of Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal as Tony Stark. Yeah, like he and, became Tony Stark. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it is possible to have a movie with a weak plot but still have a great movie because of the characters in it. Yeah. It's possible. But that's the thing. Like, this this movie, like, weak plot, weak characters, characters were weak, you know, visually stunning, yes, but I mean... Like, that's like having a visually stunning cupcake with, you know, a fucking piece of shit in the middle. <laughs> it's still a fucking piece of shit in the middle. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, that's the movie. Uh, God. It's like, uh, what are we doing next week? Are we doing Pearl Harbor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pearl Harbor is going to be our try-hard epic movie because it tried really hard. Oh, yes, it did. <laughs> I'm so we excited. Like, we were debating on doing that or Kingdom of Heaven. I just feel like Pearl Harbor is such a trash film to do it instead. Because Pearl Harbor was basically like, let's get a director. Titanic was so successful. Let's do that. But Pearl Harbor. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. Uh yeah, so you guys uh, can check us out on Twitter at Feminist Pod. I'm on Twitter at South of Grace. Uh, Ashleen? I'm also on Twitter as Ashleen's. A I S L E N E S. That's also my Instagram. I like taking pictures on there, pretty ones. <laughs> um, also, I do drag, which is Aurora Borealis. It's exactly as it sounds. I'm not going to spell it out. Um, and if you're and if you're looking for a more friendly uh, podcast that to, that caters a little bit more to, you know, younger ears or family listening in the car, you should check out Disney Dives. Um, we uh, do live action, wonderful world of Disney movies and Disney Channel original movies. So you could definitely check that out if uh, that's more your stu- more your speed. Yeah, and it's like our better podcast. So if you're <laughs> also, listening, no to- politics in that one. Uh, yeah, I took it out <laughs> for the last episode. <laughs> I went into a rant, and Ashley, after I was halfway through my rant, I was like, "You're gonna have to cut all this out because we don't do this on this podcast." <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about the Gaza Strip. Come on. Um, um, okay, so. That's it. That's the story. Forgettable story. But this episode will not be forgettable. Okay, bye. (laughs) 